Hello, and welcome to the McGavin Fry's Movie Podcast. Hello, my name is Gavin. My name is Ian. And welcome. As always, we are brought to you by Green Room 136. Green Room 136 is a Malaysian independent bag company specializing in various urban use bags, ranging from messenger style backpacks, wallets, camera inserts, and related accessories. Established in 2011, they strongly believe there's a new meaning to the phrase made in Malaysia. And they are fully capable of producing amazing products with international standards. All products are designed by them and manufactured by hand at their workshop situated in Kajang Selang. Urban carry gear. Not just built tough, but built towards building a brand and product culture that inspires hope. And if you want to inspire hope, you can go to greenroom136.com and use the offer code MACYAP10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your order. That's M-C-Y-A-P-10. Do it. And do it now. That's one zero, not the ten. <laughs> but this week on this show, we are going to talk about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's right, the long-awaited sequel to Ridley Scott's cult classic. Yeah, it is a cult classic. Really, it is a cult classic. For me, it's one of the. It wasn't a huge blockbuster when it came out. No. What was your experience? Of, when would you first see the movie? The first movie. Uh, I saw the first movie when I was still. I think it was just before leaving the UK, because uh, it came out in 82, Yeah, and I moved to Malaysia, I think, 83 or 84. Really? You saw it that early? So, so no, I mean, I, I didn't see it in the cinema, yeah. but uh, I saw it on, on uh, VHS. Wow. But really? Well, not on my own. It's not like yeah, I went yeah, out yeah. and rented yeah, yeah. the thing, you know, I mean, the parents brought it back, whatever, or they bought the video, or they, God knows how they got their hands on it, Yeah. Um, and that's when I watched it. But Did you like it then? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I liked it, but it kind of uh, freaked me out a little bit because I was still at that age where I thought, you know, shit was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, I was watching Han Solo sort of get his uh, fingers broken. For, you, know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like that that bit where he gets his fingers broken. Yeah. Like so, to me, I'm not watching uh, Deckard get his fingers broken. I'm watching Han Solo get his fingers broken, and it freaked me out. You know, the same way I, when I saw Luke Skywalker get his hand cut off the first time in Empire, it freaked me out because I thought he was really getting his fucking hand cut. You know, like, spoilers you know. for Empire. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers for Empire. You didn't know that there was a load of mattresses below Mark Hamill in case No idea. Fell. No you seen idea. that photo recently? Yes, yes, I saw that photo. So, so I mean, I enjoyed the film about as much as I could when it came out. It wasn't until I saw it a little bit later when I, I think I was probably 12 or 13 when I saw it again and I had a much deeper appreciation for it. Uh, I liked it more. It I didn't really appreciate it properly until I saw it again when I was in college. Yeah, I think, um, I'm not sure, I was older than that, but I had a sleepover at my, co- my auntie's house with my cousin. Yeah. And we did this, we did this only, I don't know if we did it once, or we did it a couple of times and spread the movies out. And it was the first time I saw Highlander. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I saw Blade when I was sitting on the floor, sitting on the floor in front of an open fire, camping out on the couches. Mm. And just not being kind of lost as well and like wondering about the, the voiceover it was the voiceover version right but just being blown away by it. i'd seen bits and pieces of things and you didn't have the internet back then you know and just the, the look of the film i think was one of the things that stuck with me more than anything well, what was interesting is that for me the look of the film i didn't register with me until i saw it years later because you know if you think about it in the early 80s there was a lot of there was a lot of sci-fi, mm. and not all of it was necessarily good, but a lot of them had that same blueprint where it was like, you know, it was dark, and mm. it was, you know, it, and, you know, nothing really used neon lighting quite the way that Blade Runner did, and uh, nothing really 
there weren't other directors working the way Ridley Scott did from a design aesthetic where you were looking at things. And this is also something that they do in the new film where, you know, the reflection of water, mm. you know, they're, 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 it's beautiful. It's so movie. beautiful. But when the first Blade Runner came out, a lot of people were like, you know, what the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> there's no water. <laughs> What's this reflective water shit? Uh, but it looked amazing. But to me as a child, the first time I saw it, it kind of blended into a lot of the other darkish sci-fi things that, were watch- that I was watching as well. Because like, your quality filter wasn't quite engaged at that age, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, this was what, 1982, 83? Yeah. I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there thinking, well, the lighting is exquisite. Yeah. I mean, I was, know, I, I was so hyped for Slipstream. <laughs> and then I saw, because like, Luke Skywalker's in it. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, I would have liked Blade Runner a lot better if it hadn't come out the same year as Extro. <laughs> I thought there was a lot of unnecessary competition you know, like yeah, yeah. vying for my attention because Extra was just badass with that fucking toy that came to life <laughs> you know and then Life Force came out and I forgot about Blade Runner mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until years later that I saw it again uh, and I and I lost track of the amount of um, versions. different versions there were of it so for me, it was like the hype leading up to the work, the work print or the director's cut release. And I was reading a lot of SFX magazine at the time. I'd just get that magazine, go home and read cover to cover. And they would cover all this kind of stuff in a lot of book reviews. And mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm. just bigging it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially the publishing of the book Future Noir, the making of Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know those, that's a thick book, even yeah. the small version. Yeah. And they're expensive. Mm-hmm. those kind of film books and I saved up to get that and reading that was just like it, it made me appreciate the movie even more because it's hard enough that any movie gets made and when you hear about all the problems like Brazil as well the yeah. things that went into making it and how all the flubs that are in there and stuff like that and still what you have is a fantastic product a fantastic like it's a landmark in cinema yeah my last uh, sort of uh, thing with the Blade Runner cuts was when they released the ultimate cut and you could get on the uh, the DVD, they had the, the suitcase. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this, and inside the suitcase, you had the, all of the different versions. Yeah. You had all of the different versions in there and you had some some production stills. Uh, one of the models had a, one of the escape, one of the setting boxer sets had a little spinner as well. In it. Yeah, yeah. This was the same one. So yeah. it had the it had the spinner. Uh, it had gaffs, a uh, little um, origami, origami thing. Uh, and so I have that. That's upstairs. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have the silver that, box. Yeah, the silver, silver tin. The, the, yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't a tin. It was, it was like an actual yeah, suitcase. suitcase. I think later they come up. The suitcase is too expensive for me. Oh, right, right, too, right. Too, too, uh, too expensive for my tastes. So I went for the silver box. Well, because, silver because, box. No, because I didn't have any of the... I never bought it. Yeah. So I figured like, okay, I might as well just... You know, this is the big one. It's not, not going to be another one. Yeah, and then there was. <laughs> and there was. <laughs> I got that one. So, so yeah. Uh, I have I have the suitcase, and that was the last time I I saw, the the full on sort of ultimate cut. Yeah. Uh, since then, I've watched bits and pieces. I haven't seen the whole film since then. It's mm. been it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but if it's on TV, it's one of those movies that I'll just watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I've just just come to believe that it is. Up until, up until this one, I would say that. Uh, the original Blade Runner has always been probably my favorite Harrison Ford performance. Mm. Um, I, mean, I mean, he's given some very good performances o- over the years, yeah. but there was something about that one where I felt that there, it was a very nuanced, very layered performance. Yeah. And going into this one, so I watched some of the trailers and stuff. There's been a lot of material which made me worry because Ridley Scott did that with Covenant and um, uh, Prometheus, and there's a lot of ancillary material and kind of stuff. You, I managed to watch one of the two of the trailers, but you stayed away from everything, right? Yes, I stayed away from everything. 
and um, we went into it. And with that, I think we have to be careful in this part. We're going to do a spoiler section later on, which we'll clearly highlight. But they've been very tight-lipped about certain things, and I think that's worked. Even with having seen one or two trailers, and having seen an awful TV trailer to this morning, the final TV trailer in the US pits it as what it, it, it's not what the movie is. It's really weird. What pits it like some kind of action film? It pits or something? it like Jared Leto is building an army of replicants and deck and. Uh, Ryan Gosling is the only man who can stop him. Well, I mean, but this is also the the problem with a lot of TV spots is that they're awful. No, it's not just that. Is that the the TV spots always sort of splinter into different aspects of the film. So you'll have one TV spot that focuses on, say, a revenge plot, and then you'll have one TV spot that focuses on the love story. Or, yeah. So that that's always been the problem with TV spots is that it's they're you know they they splinter into into different sections of what that film is which is why recently we've kind of been keeping it to one or two trailers at max yeah and even on this one you said no one is enough <laughs> yeah i didn't watch a single thing yeah i didn't watch a single thing like i had heard some of the dialogue because when you're when the trailer comes on in the cinema and you close your eyes d- doesn't matter how many how tight you close your ears you can still hear shit and so he did I, so this i, I, I he sat beside us in the cinema with his hands over his ears it was hilarious but um yeah i mean the moment that it started and the soundscape was back. Yeah. Because one yeah. of my concerns from the, one of the trailers was that they had a kind of a dubstepy remix of Vangelis' theme. And oh, I really? hated it. It wasn't dubstep. Really? It was just like they added a few boops and zzz, 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 zzz in the right, background. Right, and right. I really did not like that. And then going into this, just hearing the, like, the tinkling. Yeah. And you see the same font text on the screen. Yeah. And that line comes up where it's like, there's replicants yeah. again. Yeah. Um, they're new models. They're not, uh, they obey. And the people, when the, the old ones go rogue, there's still Nexus yeah. 8s out there. There were Nexus 6s in the original. No, it and the guys it, who hunt them still call themselves Blade Runner. Blade Runners. And, no, I mean, it, it doesn't take long at all if you're a Blade Runner fan, if you're, if you're, you know, if you've seen the original, if you're familiar with the original, and if you have affection for the original. When you watch this, it really does not take long at all for you to realize, oh, this is a proper sequel. Yes. This is a proper blade runner sequel this is not a cash grab or if it is it's a really silly one because it's not the most commercial film in the world you're spending a lot of money on a movie that is not that does not appear to be concerned with its commercial prospects no the way that the original blade runner was also it's like this is the story we're telling we don't care i mean i mean if you like it it's nice yeah if you like it you you, you like it if you don't like it you're up shit creek and this movie is very much the same thing it is a proper follow-up it is a proper Blade Runner story slash sequel. And I was surprised uh, how much of the original movie is key to this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, in ways that we'll go into later, but it's like, it's so tight. It's like, it's, it's, I was happy with that. It's not some Ghostbusters bullshit where they're using bits of it or whatever like and that. It's, and it's not just a Blade Runner sequel in the sense that, that it connects very well to the first film. It's a Blade Runner sequel in every sense of the word, down to the way it sounds, down to the visual aesthetic, down to the pacing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very... It takes its time. And if you're willing to stick with it, it's very rewarding the same way the original film also took its time. And if you stuck with it, you really got something from it. Because it's a film that is concerned with asking, like the original, asking real questions. Yeah. And there's a good yeah. few in there. There's there quite are, a few to think are. about. There are. And, you know, it's it's a proper detective movie. Yeah. It's like... like you know, again, like... Uh, that, and that is something, again, that you don't get these days, especially in the sci-fi genre. And especially with a budget of, what, 168 million or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And with flying cars and um, 
destroyed San Diego's and all the things that this movie puts together. Yeah, the way that the original film sort of established this whole idea of you know neo noir kind of sci-fi, you know, like uh, sci-fi noir. This film continues that tradition very seriously with a lot of respect, a lot of reverence, but at the same time, it's not at all afraid to be its own thing. Yeah. So, so story. Yeah. All right. So again, we don't want to give much spoilers, but Ryan Gosling is a is a light hunter called uh, K. K. Yeah. Um, we let's go into more to his character later, but he's tasked with hunting down a Blade Runner or a, a, a replicant, and he, during that case, he finds some information that points out to something that could break the world, as Robin Wright would like to say. Yeah. And he's got to find that out. But you also Robin Wright looks Robin Wright looks like she literally just walked off the Wonder Woman yes. set. Yes. They just put her in some shoulder she, pads. Like, she they just, just gave like, her a jacket. She just took off her fucking uh, Amazon gear. Her Amazon gear, like put on put on the pantsuit, and it's yeah. like, yeah, was it a pantsuit? I think so. A point. She had different outfits on. She just slicked yeah. back her hair, and she's good to go. Yeah, but everything else about her, even her expression mm. and the way she delivers the lines, feels like she's still in uh, in in Wonder Woman mode. It was great. It was a bit weird at the beginning because she is de- delivering these huge lines, like it's going to break the world. Or the world is built on a wall. And you're like, there's easier yeah, ways yeah, to say yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's got to go do some investigating. But you also get to see some of his home life, which is a weird thing. I, I wasn't sure if I was on board with that or not. There's a weird relationship between him and his, basically, his, house, his housekeeper, his AI housekeeper. Well, his AI sort of girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, played by Anna, Anna de Ramas. Yeah, and she's pretty good in it. She's and um, it paths lead back to Deckard and Rachel and the, the happenings from the first movie. Basically, he discovers a secret that puts puts the whole thing into question yeah the whole the whole aspect of what rep of what rep it's po- it, it breaks open the whole uh realm of possibility of, uh, of what it means to be a replicant yeah and naturally there are people who do not want this to come to light no and because the world is already screwed yeah the the, the, the world of this film is awful That's like right. there's overcrowding in everything people are living in stairwells like this there's a there's a beautiful uh shot shot at the beginning of the, of the spinner flying and it's flying through what look like favelas but it's not brazil it's mm. los angeles and there's no lights mm. did you notice that yeah at first there's yeah, no yeah, lights yeah, it's yeah, like no people lights, just yeah. living in squalor because earth is a backwater and his investigation to uncover this in, to uncover this secret and what it means leads him into the direction of uh neander wallace played by jared leto and his favorite um uh ai replicant uh, love played by Sil- sylvia Quicks. Who's great? Who's great? She's no, no, I mean like uh, acting wise. Everyone's great. everyone's really good. I mean, you like Jared, Jared Leto's just gotten really good at playing rich fucking assholes. That's exactly <laughs> what we said earlier. He's like, and the way he talks is unlike anyone else in the movie. But when you've got more money than God, you can talk in a ponderous fashion, and people will listen because you can buy them and sell them. That's right. Um. So I, I kind of wasn't totally on board with what he did, but I was okay with it because everyone else is so grounded. Yeah. No, I mean, his, his is a, a different thing. It's something entirely separate. Yeah. And his investigation leads him to track down Deckard. Yeah. Played by Harrison Ford, of course. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of plot, I think that's really all you need to know. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling, I mean, it's, it's like the director turned up and said, I want to destroy something beautiful today. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just him getting beaten up yeah. a lot. Like, he does some cool action. There's some very cool action scenes throughout this movie. And he gets yeah. to k- hold his own at times, but he also gets his ass handed to him repeatedly. He does. He does. Um, and Ryan Gosling right now just seems to... He just seems to be on an amazing streak. Mm. I mean, fucker just can't seem to do anything wrong. And he's really... He's really mastered the art of doing nothing. Yes. 
<laughs> but it doesn't come off as parody in this because it kind of works. He is the anti-Christian Bale. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's in the sense that you watch any Christian Bale performance, no matter how much he's doing or how little he's doing. He's doing. He's doing shit. Yeah. Whereas Ryan Gosling just seems to not do anything. But damn, it's compelling. Yeah. <laughs> Even him just like sitting in his house waiting for food is it's interesting to watch. But uh, you know, I mean, just coming back to uh, the sound. I mean, like g- going back to the sort of uh, visual aesthetic and all of it, and the sound design. Uh, Vangelis is not back, but he is. He's he's channeled so beautifully. Yeah. By Hans Zimmer and um, uh, I can't. I it's Hans Zimmer and someone else yeah. whose, whose name escapes me now. But the the way they've even though it's not Vangelis, you could swear it's Vangelis. It sounds like it, the tinkles are there when, yeah, there's not, yeah. when, there's, when there's just like a beauty shot going on. There's just yeah. the kind of... Yeah. there And there are there are moments where they do very clearly lift from the original theme. Yeah. And that, that moment when Rachel's theme kicks in? Yes. yes. Is, wow. Is very nice. Goosebumps. Is very nice. I was a little annoyed at the end that it doesn't just cut to black and go... I was waiting for that. Or I was waiting for maybe... You know, they sometimes these days, trailers are so... Are, Credits are so yeah. long, they'll play two t- tunes during the credits. Yeah. I was hoping they'd play it then, but they didn't. It was a minor complaint, but because I love that that original soundtrack, it's just it's so it's so iconic, and it's not it's just, so iconic, and it's not just nothing else. Is, it's same like the original Blade Runner. People have tried to do it, but they're always doing a ripoff of Blade Runner. Whereas this is just doing Blade Runner. Even yeah. the sounds of like the city, yeah, and the cars and everything, yeah. just. It puts you straight back in that world. You can watch this movie with yeah. your eyes closed and yeah. you know it's a Blade, it's Blade Runner, Runner movie. Yeah. That's why, like, if you're a Blade Runner fan, I honestly don't understand why you wouldn't like this film. Yeah. I can understand why maybe maybe some of the younger set wouldn't like it because, as I said, it's not... Even though it is a commercial film, it doesn't feel like it was made with any kind of commercial thinking. Yeah. It's like, we're going to make... This is the story we're going to... This is the story we want to tell. You're yeah. either on board or you're not. And... It does a really good job of just being completely, re- being completely reverent, re- reverential, uh, but at the same time, just really forging its own path and broadening the universe. And broadening the universe, just expanding on all of that. Uh, but one of the things that I really liked, that uh, it, I was thinking, you know, this is how sequels should be done. Yeah. In the sense that I think that there should be a ten-year limit, wait, mm. before you do a sequel. Because it, it just so happens that this movie is coming out kind of around the same time as we're getting Twin Peaks 25, later, 25 years the later. Force Awakens. We're getting Force Awakens and Last Jedi so many years later. And there is no special effect that can replace time. No. And, you know, you watch, you watch something like um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and you see a young Kurt Russell. Yeah. Or, or, I, or a Civil War where you see a young Tony Stark. And you think to yourself, wow, that's some amazing visual effects. Yeah. They, they, you know, he looks, like, looks exactly like he did in Less Than Zero. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it looks like fucking Kurt Russell from Used Cars. Yeah. You know, and that's great. It's a great effect. But there is, there is something to be said about, like with this film, when you see Harrison Ford. And you see the the, effect, the weight of the years, the the, the the weight of the years. And not only that, when you watch Twin Peaks and you see the weight of the years, when you see Force Awakens and you see the weight of the years, and you combine that with something that's new and fresh, yeah. uh, like in this case, Ryan Gosling and Robin Wright and all this new blood. And when you mesh those together, and if you take the story seriously, and if you're not scared of the the weight of economics and and box office, there's 
there's true genius that can that can come yeah. with that. And I mean, Harrison Ford was fun in Force Awakens, but it was kind of light. Yeah. Even but even the, though the, even though again, up... you know, that's Han Solo. Yeah, whereas, exactly. Whereas in this, it's it's one of his best performances. Exactly. In years. Yeah, and it's like when you see them talking to him about things from the previous movie, just he's not saying anything. He's not saying but anything. The way, but the way he reacts is you beautiful. Know, you know the, the you know like uh, <laughs> getting into spoilery. Yeah, fucking, but, but that scene know. with Leto, right? Yeah, that's that that scene with Leto, or, or even that scene with um, that scene with Ryan Gosling, where yeah. you know they're 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 talking and they're asking these questions about the past and all of that, and and Harrison Ford has hardly any dialogue, but the camera just stays on his face, and it's an amazing emotional performance. Yeah, and. Right there, I was thinking, you know, I was like, you know, you like to, sh- you know, when they announce these uh, these belated sequels, like 20, 30 years, the fanboy in you is like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. You know, because with Blade Runner, I thought like the, the, the production of the original was so fraught and also the rights were all different places. And things like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I want a sequel at yeah. first. Yeah. And coming out of this is like, I'm glad we got a sequel. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. It's like, this is how I wish sequels could, could be done is that if. If the film has is given enough time to breathe, where when you make a follow up film, you can actually expand on it, yeah. as opposed to most sequels where you're trying to get this, you're trying to get the sequel out within a two or three, you know, uh, two or three year t- time period between the first one, yeah. where it's so commercially driven, it's so financially driven, where it's not even about expanding the world anymore it's just about more 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 louder yeah. bigger bang 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 yeah. and sometimes it works most times it doesn't yeah most times the sequels are always inferior what's great about you know this this movie and again like with uh, bringing twin peaks back and also with the return of star wars is that you know i mean force awakens yeah it's got its it's got its lovers and haters but one thing that I think we can all agree on is that it was great to sort of get a, a real scope of history and of years and of time passing and yeah. seeing what these what has happened to these characters. Whether seeing you're... Princess Leia lean up against the fucking Han Solo when she knows Han Solo has died. Yeah. And all the, all the again, it's the years and all the expectations and all the loss. Yeah. You feel it right there. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that, um, when you have that sort of advantage in your pocket, you don't need to pepper it with uh, exposition or, or anything like that because yep. we already understand. We've been there. We've lived it with these characters. So that was like the main thing that I took away from this is like, aside from the fact that it's like, fuck, this is like, you know, you're like 20 minutes into it, you're like, holy shit, this is like, it's a proper sequel. Yeah. It's a proper continuation. Um, and it just and, and it just made me think of Twin Peaks of how I felt about Twin Peaks. It's yeah. like, shit, this is... This is a proper. This isn't because we're talking about the Twin Peaks revival. Yeah. They use the word revival in the beginning of starting Twin Peaks, and it's yeah. not a revival. A revival is like Dukes it's, of Hazard does a revival. Yeah. And those is, are awful. That's like get the old boys back, get the newsboys back, it, and do something. It's a real continuation. It's yeah. a real expansion of the universe and of the story and of the ideas of which the the story was based on. Yeah. And same thing with this. Um, I mean, I you know Star Wars to a lesser extent, but Star Wars. It, Star Wars has never, you know, Star Wars has always been sort of the, you know, like the 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 the, the playful cousin yeah. to to something like Blade Runner, where, yeah. Blade, where Blade Runner is like, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> this is the dark underbelly of the of the future. It's like, there's no force here. No. <laughs> and in fact, there's very few sources of light altogether that aren't yeah. things that are going to kill you. Yeah. I think at that point we'll go straight to spoilers. Okay. I've seen things. 
You people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten house gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die. So, yeah, watching this movie and you're saying like yeah it's a total sequel and then straight off the bat it's like Dave Bautista says to uh, Gosling um, you hunt your own yeah and you instantly he's like oh shit he's a replicant yeah and he knows he's a replicant and it's like yeah. oh that's a weight off my shoulders because I, I was wondering are they going to do the, are they going to try and do the same thing again and like knowing that they're just saying no no he's a replicant it's okay yeah and then flipping that script later where it's like oh he's more than a replicant and then flipping the script again when it's implanted memories it's not him mm. That was just like that's. I want that level of novelty and delight. Yeah, no, that that was really cool because you think you think like oh, it's all oh, set. and it's done so well that you actually do think it's him. Yeah, because and because you're with him. He's the main character. You're yeah. with him the whole time, and that's yeah. why I think those scenes, looking back, those scenes of him going home and getting like you know getting shit in the precinct. Like he walks along and some guys like fuck off, skin job. Yeah, like seeing all that stuff, seeing his normal life, it gets you grounded in that character and what's going on there. So when it when it turns out he could be a real boy mm-hmm. and his, his home AI is super stoked for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like you're with them and then there's a crushing moment where it finds out that the child of Deckard and Rachel, which they had a child together, yeah, it's not him. It was yeah. a she. And it's just like, and there's a, like, is, there a mon- is there a little montage of like the video the different things, that, the, the clues he was running and it's like, it's yeah. not done to explain it to people. It's just like, it's him coming to terms with it yeah. and he just crumples. Yeah. Yeah. And the scene before that as well, again to massive props to Gosling, because it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he's acting, it feels like this is just this is what happens with this Agent K guy. Yeah. Um when he goes to the memory lady and she's like, This is a real memory and she's crying and you don't yeah. realise why she's crying yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and he gets pissed and you know kind of you understand why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also there's, there's this there's this whole double thing going on. Yeah, it could be as both they, of them are going through the same shit. But yeah, they're just reacting to it in completely different ways. Yeah. and no, and neither one of them has any fucking idea <laughs> <laughs> why the other one is reacting like that. That's so awesome. Oh, I mean, she. I mean, she knows. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do you she, reckon? I was wondering. Like, I don't reckon that he was like a, a soul. No, no. I mean, she she knows, but but at the no, same. No, but the thing is, I don't think that she he was like the single bottle she threw in the ocean. She right. was a contractor for Wallace. Yeah. So she might have used the same memory in a couple of different replicants with the hope that they would one day find her right. father and bring him to her. Yeah. yeah. And it just so happens that he's the one. And this and this movie succeeds in doing something that no film since the nineties has managed to do. Keep its twist. It's I've never been happier to see to see Sean Young on screen. Oh. Yes. And twice. There's the, the first yeah, time yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. the memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like so good to see that. It's so good to see her. But and then, then when, you, when she comes fucking back, that turns into a horror movie for thirty seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, oh no, oh no. And way better, way better CG than Leia in in Rogue One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't Sean Young. So apparently, so I was talking to Uma Fagan from BFM. <laughs> you, you have to do the full name, right? Yeah. It's just what, that name. I've learned I, how to say it properly. I need to use that ever so often. Uma Fagan. 
So uh, he was saying that it was just like coming out of your mouth with your accent. <laughs> Sounds amazing. The first time I had him on the podcast, I was tripping over, but I thought I have to get his name right. I'm here with uh, you're you're like uh, here you're, you're, you're like David Letterman trying to like say Uma Thurman. Yeah, uh, Uma, 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 Uma. <laughs> Uma. <laughs> but Miss, apparently, Missy Dave. Apparently, she was involved. Like <laughs> no, they kept no, no. it. No, no, she she was involved, but she's. Uh, but there was there was a body double to uh, to do to do those. Apparently it was her. They just de-aged her, according to Uma. Huh? He read something where they got her to do the 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 newer the new Rachel. Then why is there someone else uh, credited as? Um... Could be do- I don't know. It could be multiple ways of doing it. Right, but he right, was right. under the impression that they de-aged her the same way they did like Captain America with. Uh, so they, so so they probably they probably did it twice. Then they probably shot the scene twice. Once mm. with her and another time with. Uh, a stand-in actress. Yeah, but it was like for a moment. It but was, it was it, great to see her. And it was great to see her, and it's also terrifying because you hear those heels coming, and you can see the silhouette, and you can see the hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're cutting back to Harrison Ford's Deckard's face. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like it's the worst thing. It reminded me of that episode of Buffy where I think they they made a wish for their mother to come back after she died. Mm-hmm. But like it was like every wish and anything, it was going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And as long as they didn't, if they didn't open the door on the third knock, she would disappear forever. And, like, there's that terrifying moment of, like, if I open this door, I'll get my mother back, but she could be a horrible rotting corpse or could, or something else. Someone knows me could, someone close to me could die or something weird like that happening. I remember the end. Yeah, and it was like that with this, where it's like, it'd be nice to see her, but, dear God, you don't want someone you lost yeah, and yeah, lost yeah, badly yeah. 30 years ago to just turn up in your life exactly as they were fucking before. Yeah. But, yeah, but the way that uh, that's all connected to the original, back to that original interview between Deckard and Rachel. And yeah. And, you know, jumping off that relationship. And, and it was great. It was like, as soon as they found the corpse, as soon as they found the bones, and as soon as you knew it was female and she died in childbirth, I knew it, it was, was Rachel. Rachel. I knew it was Rachel. And I was like, fuck, that's fucking clever. Yeah. You motherfuckers. <laughs> so there good. were so many moments in the movie where I was like, you clever motherfuckers. And the, 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 the introductions of Blackout, which they've done in the, so they did three shorts as well. One in 2022. I haven't seen the shorts. One in 2036 and one in 2048. 2048 is just Dave Bautista, a little bit of background with him he was great in this yeah um again but here was saying that he wants to see him in tiny glasses like play roles i suggest the q in the next bond movie would be great if he was a muscle-bound q because he wants to see him do like intellectual roles now from now on no i i think if there's ever going to be like another pink panther he should be k nice <laughs> <laughs> but um the second one was k right kato kato sorry yeah. kato um <laughs> But the 2022 thing sets up, I mean, this whole thing, Deckard went through this whole rigmarole to hide his kid from the world. And then the blackout happened and the animation fills it in and that replicants destroyed all record of who was a replicant so that humans wouldn't hunt them down and kill them, which is what was happening back then. Yeah, that's and why. Then, and this, there, there is like a, a line that refers to it in the film yeah. where, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling's character is trying to, he's, he's got the DNA, he's got Sean Young's DNA and he's yeah. trying to go for it and he takes it to... Um, Wallace's, uh, Wallace, Wallace Industries. Wallace Industries in their digs in the old Tyrell Corporation yeah, building. And, and then one of the one of the uh, the receptionist characters is like, ah, oh, pre uh, pre blackout. Pre blackout. They mention it in pieces, but you don't know what it is. It's just like it could be Y two K the sequel or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, and yeah. that's again fantastic world building. Like when they go, he goes looking for this orphanage where the kid was was registered, or they think it might have been registered, and like it just goes to San Diego trash dumps. Mm-hmm. Like San Diego doesn't exist anymore. It's just trash. Yeah. And that world building and just that 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 spinner right there was yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. cool. Very very cool. How did you feel about the uh, about the gaff cameo? I loved it. I, the moment I saw Edward James Momos' screen, I was like, oh, No, yeah, man. yeah, no, I, I loved it too. But then, like, my wife turned like my 
Like, my wife just kept turning to me randomly. Anytime there was something that she felt I was going to react to, she kept looking at me. Yeah. And I was just like, Blinkers. stop fucking doing that. Stop doing that. And it's like, yes, I know, I know, I know. But then I realized she's thinking about something entirely different. <laughs> she was like, we saw him. Remember, we saw him in Grand Imperial. And I'm like, that's what you're thinking? <laughs> <laughs> you're not thinking stand and liver? Put it, putting this in a little bit of context, a few years ago, Edward James Olmos was in Malaysia to give a talk. And um, I was having lunch at Grand Imperial with uh, my then fiance, not yet wife. And uh, I was like, that's, that, that's Edward James Olmos. And she's like, no, it's not. And this is, <laughs> this is when Battlestar Galactica sort of fever was at its peak. Wow. Was at its peak. So that was like Admiral fucking Adama. Is in the fucking Imperial. Ad- is in the Grand Imperial having some dim sum. So say we all. <laughs> you know, so say we all. And I'm like, that's Edward James Olmos. And she's like, no, it isn't. And I was like, I'm pretty damn sure that's Edward James Olmos. I've been feverishly watching him every <laughs> fucking day. <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure that's him. It's like, you're being stupid. It's not him. And she's... You know, any guys, if you're, if you're in a serious relationship or if you're married, you know when your wife sounds really cocksure about something, chances are she's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was just like, yeah, I guess. And then sure enough, found out the next day, dude's in town giving a talk. Were you so, bummed you didn't go over and say hi or anything? I, I was because, you know, I, I, I would have asked him to, to sign my fucking ship or something. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really liked about that moment... But, but, but like when that moment comes on and I noticed her looking at me, I was like... I, I thought she was looking at me because she knows like he was in the original and I wasn't I wasn't giving her any any, any time. And she's like... She, she insisted. She like leaned in and's like, we saw him. <laughs> we saw him in Grand Imperial. Like, that is the last thing <laughs> on my mind right now. <laughs> But you I lo- fucking tourist. <laughs> I love I love the moment when he turns up and he's talking about like we were partners but we both work alone and that yeah. worked great for us and that yeah, makes yeah, so yeah, much yeah, sense yeah, yeah, in yeah, what yeah. you see of the original because yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. fucking be with each other yeah, but yeah. they're stuck with each other. It's almost times. like they hate each other's guts, yeah. you know. It's like- and he almost voices a character in the anime. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. He does. And it's, I heard, uh, I heard it's, about it's that. quite cool. I heard about that. No, but also but also, you know, what was nice is that they brought back you know, his kind of bastardized Hungarian that, that he was uh, yeah. using in the original. He's Nyindede. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like it, uh, retired, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one thing. There was no English subtitles. I know, I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, I yeah. was wondering, because no, for was... most of it, it's fine. You can get it from what the other people are saying. But the last thing that the guy from Captain Phillips, is a guy from Captain Phillips? Yeah, 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 yeah. The last thing he says is not translated. Oh, really? All right. So right. I was like, I don't know what he said. No, it was translated in Malay, and they were just, he just kept asking him, is like, you want a horse? Like, yeah, I can make you a I horse. I can make you a real horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good film. great film, man. It's it's a great film. It's a I great mean, film. What can I think of? Love's character. I, I was finding it really interesting with her crying. It was like, like there's a lot of questions yeah. in this movie about like what it means to be human. What the there's Nexus Eights running around, which are basically long livid uh, replicants, and they're like that's the that's the last of what the Blade Runners are hunting down. And it's it's, it's a, there's a question in there. It just made, it's just stated the new replicants they obey. Yeah. It's never stated how or why or what happens. And it, it is covered in one of the shorts as well where Jared Leto says, choose between my life and yours. And it instantly kills itself. But like, these, again, it could be that after a while, like she's, she's crying at certain moments where it's like, is she going against her programming or is she going what she really wants if it breaks her programming? No, I mean, she, uh, what I took from, from her character, because she does cry a few times. Yeah. And it is usually 
I felt is that she believes that they are the future. Hmm. You Did she say the new fabulous or something? I don't think she said the new oh, fabulous. No, there was a line she said, which I really like. She says it to... Um, it's, I don't recall her saying the new fabulous, but I did get the impression that that she believes that they are the future. Yeah. And by trying to hide this, by trying to hide the fact that replicants can actually procreate, because that is like the big fucking thing of the whole film. Because that's that, the secret that will break yeah, the world. Is that, is that it is possible for replicants to reproduce naturally. They are, they have reached that point where they are more or less human. Mm. And she, the impression that I got from her character is that she wants this to break open. She wants, the, she wants the floodgates to open. But again, and, this and is why, again, the movie is so great because it's not stated and it's like, it could just be that she wants to please her boss because yeah, he's, he's be. her favorite angel. It could be, it could be. But like, that was what I got from it. I, I got from it that she wants, to her, this is, this is the whole point. It's the fabulous new is what she said. You're afraid of the fabulous new. Is that what she said? Yeah. The fabulous new? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> or the fantastic new. One of those things. But I really like the character. Even when she's fighting Gosling at the end, she's like, I'm the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me. <laughs> Me. Because it's like, there's a little bit of interaction between the two. And the drop kicks. Oh. Holy shit. Oh my God. That moment when, when like. Where it's in the background. It's like it's the like uh, Deckard's in the foreground, and you see what she's doing in the background, and there's this amazing drop kick. It's, 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 it's not even a drop kick. It's that thing they do in movies. It's the it's down like, kick. It's, it's where you it's lift like your foot. Kick. It's like you lift your foot up and then above it, your head, and then you just bring it straight down on some poor bastard's brain pan. It's the leg version of that poor black guy with his mouth against the curb in American History <laughs> X. You know, it's like now say goodnight. Yeah. It's it's that. It's like the sci-fi karate kick version of that it's the one in video games in Tekken where when you kick them they bounce off the ground you hit them so fucking hard boom and the, the fact that that moment comes after like Harrison Ford's running away because they know the bad guy's coming and he's not still doesn't not 100% sure about Kay and he closes the door behind him and he's running for his spinner and Kay knows they're going to take out the spinner first Yeah. so he just runs through the fucking wall yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like Ryan Gosling bursts through the wall that was great that's a fantastic moment that was great oh, when he takes on the scavengers because, like, he gets beat up a lot. And, yeah. like, Dave Bautista but goes to town. But he can hold his own. It's just, yeah. that, it's just that, you know, strength in numbers. You yeah. know? <laughs> no, but he can totally hold his own. Yeah. And I like that. I like the fact when they show that, you're like, he can do that anytime he wants. He just chooses not to. Exactly. You know, and that's great. And that's that's that great scene with uh, when he meets, again, Harrison Ford's introduction is just like, you ain't got any cheese on you, have you? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, his yeah. first line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. then there's that great chase scene through the weird... Like Las Vegas, I love the fact that there's no there's no card on title on screen title card to say we're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. They leave it up to you. Like he's looking for where this horse was, which is part of his his, his implanted memories. And, and it just it, it's only the only place it can come from is somewhere that's super irradiated, like a dirty bomb went off. And the only dirty bomb that went off was apparently in Vegas. Yeah, and I like that. And like, it was just like th there's clues in the dialogue to suggest it's like what place is dirty enough. Oh yes, you know it's like, <laughs> what place is dirty double meaning? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. What place is dirty enough? It would have that, and then you suddenly like, yeah, it's Vegas. And then there's lots of things, you know, like the, to give House you like, like, like millions of bottles, millions of bottles of whiskey. Frank Sinatra turning up. That's yeah. also another uh, nod to Vegas. You know, like uh, he was. You got in, Marilyn Monroe and Elvis and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Like and that way, scene was. It's like uh, you know, in war movies or when they talk about like a rendition and stuff like that, they play mute, they play offbeat sounds to freak yeah. people out yeah that scene was like extra tense because the music kept cutting out yeah and the audio and the visuals and you're like oh, don't don't make the music come on again it's yeah. like, and it's like oh it's tense it's that was, more actually tense. No, that reminded me that was another like um visual thing that i really liked was when 
Anna Dionysus' character Joy. Is it Joy? Yeah, Joy. Where, when when she's sort of in static, you know. Where oh, outside the car. Outside the car. And she's like, no, wake up, wake up, wake up. No, like you know, that that was really cool. Yeah. I really liked a lot of that. The scene with her and the other replicant, I can't remember her name, where they, the makeout scene. Oh, she's not a replicant. She's a human. No, no, she's a replicant. Is she a replicant? She's, she's a pleasure model. That's why the, the lady with no eye asked her to go check out that guy. And oh, that's right, why right, 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 when right, right. the other girl, I think, says like in weird Czech city speak or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, he's a Mackenzie Blade Davis. Mackenzie Davis is the actress's name. Yeah. And the, he, she's like, when we got home after the, after the screening, uh, now you see me too was on that piece of shit. Oh. and um, you know the girl Lizzie Kaplan, like she's in it. Oh. and uh, the wife is like, "Hey, it's the uh, girl from Blade Runner." I'm like, "Where?" <laughs> it's like, "There." I'm like, "Which character?" Yeah, yeah. You know the one that uh, he has the threesome with. Like, yes, the threesome. Oh, the V1 threesome. <laughs> Which one? It's like the blonde one. What? Where is she? Your like, wife is a walking IMDb. It's like that's Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Isn't she in Blade Runner? I'm like, no. <laughs> Who's the girl from Blade Runner? Mackenzie Davis. Oh, looks like her. Uh. You know, it's like... No, but the, the, the three girls go up because she says, find out what he yeah, knows. Yeah, 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 and yeah, one yeah. of them realizes one, one he's of them a Blade Runner. He's like, whoa, 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 He's a pleasure model. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pleasure model. Yeah. But uh, no, that, and that's why they were able to, I mean, they were able to half sync. You right, know, it's right, kind right, of like right, syncing right. up with an AI yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind that of, that was trippy as shit. Totally right. That was the so multiple fucking, hands. It's so fucking trippy, but at the same time, I'm like, I want one of those. <laughs> you want a pleasure droid? I want a pleasure droid. Damn it! <laughs> I didn't like her stuff at first because it's like it's Pinocchio and his virtual Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, it didn't bug me. It didn't bug me because it it evolved into something much more before it had the chance to get boring for me. Yeah, and that scene where he's in the rain with the bandages yeah, all over his yeah, face yeah, 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 and then he yeah, takes yeah. him off because yeah, motherfucker yeah. it's time to go to work yeah yeah very um, nice really really good very nice there's just uh, the, the tech of the world is just nice you see spinners everywhere the look the the, the seawall they don't even mention the global global warming is not mentioned in this movie yeah, 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 but yeah. there's a giant wall around Los Angeles to keep the sea out yeah and we talked about like earlier saying how like it's like um, it's a sequel but it's not a, the, the TV spots might apl- uh, appeal to different people but this does have a third act action yeah. sequences. Like yeah. it has several third act action sequences. One of which no, is no, like. I mean, there, there is action. And when the action happens, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. But it's, you know, it's very sparingly used. It's yeah. not, you know, no action sequence goes on for too long. No. It's when it happens, it's a shock to the system because up. Because, but I didn't because realize everything in between those moments are so quiet. I never realized I needed to see a spinner fight until I saw a spinner fight. <laughs> and then the fight after that is so it reminded me a lot of like the the, the water bits in uh, Alien Nation it's like the car is just parked on the edge of the water and the, the fight going on around it and it's so simple but there's so many visuals in there would look great in a poster yeah like it's the, the, the lights in the car is the only light in the scene and they're just fighting and it just looks badass this looks I we, we both had uh, difficulties at our screenings um, I'm 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 not sure what the deal is. I've been heard that it might be only in IMAX 3D, or some of the advertising is watch it in re- in real D- real 3D or IMAX, but not IMAX 3D. So I want to find out if it's in IMAX. I do want to see it again at like 10 o'clock in the morning when no one's there. Yeah. I want to watch it again with no distractions, no bothering, and I'll probably watch it a few more times because fuck, I want to see more movies made like this. I hope I want this movie to make so much fucking money that they decide that this is a thing they want to do, and we get that sequel to Slipstream that I've always wanted. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> With Sebastian Stan as Mark Hamill's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, great film. 
Absolutely great. Look up and to the left. <laughs> Inter was it interconnect? Was interconnect. It? Well, yeah, that the, the weird thing like with the baseline. I like that. Sill. Was it? Was it? Apparently, it's from the book uh, he was reading or something like that, or the book that uh, the certain. It's about a book he's reading or something right, like right, that. Right, right, um, right. Uh, who must bought that? But the actual, just like that idea, that they have to ground his baseline every time. So yeah, yeah. there is still a risk. It seems that these can go. Yeah. These Nexus eights can go off, or he's a he's well, he's not even a Nexus model. They're just like replica models. Yeah, he's not. They a can eight. still go rogue, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've it's we've seen a new Blade Runner movie. It's pretty cool. It's it's very cool. I think Ridley, if oh God only knows, he what, he had what four or five fucking alien movies in his pocket. Just produce, man. Just produce. And also, Denny Villeneuve, if you're gonna do Dune, fuck yes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Denny, um. Like, I'm not going to question anything. It's like, you do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, uh, last last thing I read about what he's doing is, like, they're being approaching him to do Cleopatra. I'm like, do it. Yeah, fuck it. Bring do it. Do it. Do it. Shoot it in Vegas. Want to remake fucking Greatest Story Ever Told? Fucking do it. Denny Villeneuve's Gone with the Wind. Fuck do it. it. Bring it, it on. It. Bring it on. <laughs> Just make sure there's a couple of spinners in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the pressure there, though? Fuck, I mean, it's like when Brian Fuller got he asked, got asked to do Star Trek and then he got asked to do American Gods. Or like J.J. Abrams getting asked to do Star Trek and then mm -hmm. like getting asked to do Star Wars. It's like, yeah. eh. It's like, fuck you guys. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure they have many, many sleepless nights about, fuck, bring it on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased as punch. Do you reckon he died at the end, Kay? No. You reckon he's just like chilling in the snow? I don't reckon he died, no. no. I mean, either way, it, it works either way. I mean, that's why there's so many to this movie that leaves it like, there's no comeuppance for Wallace. I mean, Terrell got his comeuppance kind of in the original, but there's no, he wasn't in the car. No. And like, Deckard meets his daughter. Did you think his daughter thing was a ploy or she actually has a low immunity system? You reckon it was a ploy so that no one ever tests her again or anything like that or figure out that she's a replica? Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I thought about it afterwards because I was like, it would be the perfect cover, right? I guess, yeah. Because yeah. she's no, not out in the world. No, I, I, I didn't think about that. No. Interesting question. But it, it is that kind of movie where you are, you're gonna have questions and yeah. you're, you're gonna have, you're gonna debate stuff, because it's not just a shallow action film. It, no. it, it has things to say. It asks important questions, just like the original did. And um, yeah, I mean, I. I really, if, if, if taking this much time away from a property is what it takes to come up with a really good way to expand, expand the story and to come up with a really good way of continuing a story, then I, I, I hope that all sequels are fucking done like this. Yeah, I just wish they'd use this approach for Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, it was a very different type of movie, but it would have yeah, been yeah. nice to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that, yeah, that was the main thing I took away from, from this whole thing is like, when done well, nothing can replace time. Yeah. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the, the kind of, uh, like, people who got to see it last week, I think it was, Adam Savage from Mythbusters got to see it and stuff like that. And uh, they were allowed to talk about their feelings, I don't think, about the film. Right. Um, and words like masterpiece were bandied around. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think I need to watch it two no, or No, I mean, like, I, I haven't been, for me, I haven't felt the need to label it anyway. I just think it's... It's a, it's a minor miracle that we are actually getting a a proper sequel to mm. this to this film. And it's not. I think I think it's a very well made film. 
I think it's made by people who really, really understand what made the first one great. That's the key, because I was looking at the visuals of the cityscapes, and you're looking at it, and you think about what was happening in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And it's like, Ghost in the Shell was trying to do a Blade Runner. This is just a Blade Runner. No one's trying to do a Blade Runner. They just yeah. they just went and did one. Yeah. And yeah. it all fits so well. Like, I was worried about the the Gosling character. It just so happens that the character we're following turns out to be the real boy, but it turns out he's not. Like I love that twist, because... It made it feel more real again, and it all is just—it's this real world. It's this, it's this verisimilitude that they achieved with the first movie. That it just looks just crazy. It looks like a window into a crazy world, and they just showed you another window twenty, thirty years later, mm. and that's true genius and a massive uh, exercise from restraint in a way as well. Oh yeah, we didn't go off world. We knew all this other shit. It's like yeah, 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 we yeah, just—we're yeah, yeah. just going to show this. And that's all we need. And we're going to show some bees in the middle because fuck it looks cool. And it also fits the story. It's perfect. Thanks for listening. This has been the Mickey Actor Prize podcast. If, you get, if you've seen the movie, well, hopefully you have if you've listened to this. But uh, let us know what you thought. You can get me on McNasty Prime. Uh, you can get me at, at GavYap. And if you want to email us your thoughts, you can send it into podcast at McNastyPrize.com. I'll have a look at the email and we'll read them out in the next, on a future podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you.